Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Opinion Line on Quartz 96 FM. If you follow the story of dangerous dogs or dangerous breeds or risky breeds or breeds that can do harm to you, you'll know we've had quite a number of dog attacks in Ireland in recent months, in particular one where a woman has ended up in CUH uh, with serious injuries. In Britain, they've taken a move in the last week or so and they have banned the ownership of an XL bully. If you have one already, you're going to have to get special paperwork and a special permit to hold on to that dog after, I think it is, the 1st of January 2024. And ownership of XL bully dogs is banned in the UK from January 1. We don't have any banned breeds in Ireland, we have a list of restricted breeds that come with particular rules. And I'm sure you know an awful lot of them that are on that list. Pit Bull Terriers, Bull Mastiffs, Bull Terriers, the German Shepherd. I often wonder if the German Shepherd belongs on that list because they can be very gentle, intelligent dogs. They really can. And some German Shepherds are brilliant with kids, but they're on the list anyway. The Rhodesian Ridgeback is on it, which is a frightening-looking creature. Um, the Staffy, uh, and my daughter, who's a veterinary nurse, would fight with you till the end of the earths about the Staffy. She loves Staffies. Uh, there was an attack um, in Wexford on Tuesday in Enniscorthy. So we have a problem with dogs and XL bullies. They seem to be the problem here as well as in the UK. Catherine Griffin is with Snout and About. She's a dog behaviorist. Catherine, this is an old discussion, an old argument. Is it the dog? Is it the breed? Or is it a bad owner? Good morning. Good morning, PJ. How are you? Okay, you're going to have to bear with me because I have a lot I need to say on this particular subject. The floor is yours. We've got all (laughs) I love dogs, but I would not have an XL bully near me, but many would disagree. Yeah, and I think this is where the problem lies. It's all to do with misinformation. And first and foremost, it's really important for the general public and for owners of bull breeds not to panic because of this misinformation out there. And I hope what I'm about to say will actually help to form educated conversation around the breed and the problems with the current legislation. So the response to these devastating attacks is a knee-jerk reaction from the government. And it's essentially the equivalent of putting a small sticky plaster over a huge gaping wound. And first and foremost, as you said that, you won't want an XL bully near you. I can definitely guarantee I know many XL bullies who 
would absolutely break those barriers of what our assumptions of these dogs are. So number one, it's really important that people understand the dog and the breed and what it's about. So it's it's not actually even a breed um, here. It's not a breed in the UK. It's mm. a mishmash of varying different types of bulldogs that are bred for aesthetic and not for purpose. Mm. And around bull breeds, again, there's an awful lot of mythology around them. No breed is designed to be more aggressive to humans than another. Bull breeds do not have a lockjaw mechanism. This is just a common myth. And the temperament of the dog boils down to two things. And that is the breeding and the upbringing. And this is where in Ireland that these problems begin, because mm. we are currently experiencing a welfare epidemic in Ireland with our dogs. And we have a horrendous reputation for the illicit breeding. And they come and go in popularity. You know, in the 70s, it was Dobermans, then it was Rottweilers, then it was Shepherds, and then it was Pitbulls. And now we have our XLs. And we just keep adding these dogs to the list. But mm. Dogs come and go in popularity. Look at the rise of cockapoos or French bulldogs and XLs have also become popular. And where there's demand for a breed, there is also backyard breeders churning out puppies for profit. Yeah. And these puppies are being raised in sheds and worse environments. And this is during their critical fear development period where they're not being exposed adequately to people and other various stimulus in the world, which means we are breeding enormous anxiety related behaviors into our dogs which only tend to surface during adolescence and adulthood and then on top of that the dog training and behavior industry isn't regulated mm. with the vast majority of trainers using punishing and aversive techniques like shock collars prong collars and lead jerking which is designed to suppress the dog into compliance out of fear and these techniques have been proven to increase the likelihood of aggressive responses in our dogs so we're effectively breeding and training for aggressive behaviours because of the lack of regulation okay. and packing that into a dog that's of great strength. But the XL bully, by its breed, is no more likely to cause injury than another dog of a similar size. Any dog is capable of being dangerous. And I've worked with more high-end human-directed aggression with Labradors and Cocker Spaniels than I have pit bulls, XLs, or any other restricted breed. Okay. Can I'm I jump in at this point, Catherine, uh, and perhaps do your best. <laughs> unpick it a little bit? Uh, and as I say, do. my daughter is a veterinary nurse and, and would loves Staffies, for example. Doesn't understand mm -hmm. why anybody would have a, an, an, an issue with, a, with Staffies. But here's my yeah. thing with an XL bully. Why would you want to own a dog that can break bone with a head of that is pure muscle and bone? Well, the thing is, any any dog is capable of causing mass injury or potential fatality. So they are very powerful dogs, but so are Labradors. I, they I, have I very much doubt a Cavalier King Charles could do the same damage as an XL bully, Catherine. Well, no, because we've bred Cavalier King Charles for a purpose. They're, they're bred to be a lap dog. And unfortunately, we're also breeding Brachycephalic Cavalier King Charles, which actually yeah. can inhibit their potential the to cause injury dogs. because they're of the awful. shape of their that's face. That's terrible, yeah. That's terrible, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So in relation to the actual legislation piece, so restricting dog breeds, we know it doesn't work. It has never been effective at reducing bites or fatalities. And when we're talking about this stuff, it's really in important that we adhere to the facts. And we quite literally have 32 years of data to prove restricting dogs doesn't work. And actually, since restricted legislation came into place, we've seen an increase in dog bites. The popularity of certain powerful breeds 
throughout the year has added to this list as it goes. It's nothing to do with the dog. It's to do with the levels of ownership. And the greatest issue is a lack of education and lack of law enforcement around dog breeding, dog training and dog ownership. I know. There you go. Dog training. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure you're extremely good at what you do. And there are many out there like you. But there are also cowboys. Absolutely. And unfortunately, we are a little bit overrun with them and you can have a very flashy website and you can have some glossy um, customer reviews. But essentially, we do have data around the use of aversive punishing training to prove that it is more likely to elicit aggressive responses in our dogs. So what we need to look at is rather than this knee jerk response and restricting yet another breed or another type is a review of dog breeding for a start and law enforcement in relation to responsible dog ownership. Um, We want to increase numbers of dog wardens, but we also need to train and educate our wardens in dog behaviour, but have that training come from a certified professional because the training they receive is enormously inadequate. And we also want to regulate my industry, the dog training and behaviour industry, and we need heavier penalties for those who do not adhere to the legislation. And licensing that counts, licensing that includes education and awareness, because when you think about when we own a car, we have to sit a theory test. Mm -hmm. Um, We have to do a series of lessons and an examination and a similar approach to owning an emotional animal with teeth, regardless of their size or their breed, should also be mandatory. And when you look at the UK and some of the things that they've recently brought into place in terms of this legislation, um, it is now a criminal offence to, as you said, uh, coming into effect as of the 31st of December, sell an XL, abandon one, give one away or breed from. You need to be over 16. You need public liability insurance. They need to be neutered if they're over a year of age. Mm. And you need to send that information to DEFRA um, to get a certificate of exemption. So, How do you feel about all those restrictions, Catherine? Some of them I'm actually quite fond of because as the ones that I just listed there, for some of these, if this was the dog license and if similar laws were applied to all dogs, not all of the laws they're bringing in in the UK, um, and they were actually enforced, we could actually begin to tackle the issue of not only the welfare epidemic we're experiencing, but also reduce bites and bite-related fatalities, having strict licensing and law enforcement around responsible dog ownership is what we need to be looking at since the legislation was introduced 32 years ago bites have increased we know it's not effective so mm. it boggles my mind couple, to even be couple, something couple that the government things. was thinking about do, do you accept or do you not accept that some breeds of dog i use breed as species whichever you prefer but some breed of dog would be more genetically prone to aggression. Do you accept that? No, not in that terminology. So we have to be careful around the way we use the word aggression. So if you look at a Jack Russell Terrier, for example, they are genetically selected to find that rat and kill it and shake it and rag it and move on. So that Mm -hmm. is aggressive behaviour. They're not going to attack a toddler, Catherine. Well, they do. And we do have reports and information about small dogs, small breeds causing fatalities to children as well. And we usually get most of this data from the States. Um, Any dog is capable of biting. There is not a breed. We do not have the scientific information, data or knowledge about a dog being more likely to aggress towards a human than another dog. And this boils down to the fact that despite there actually being numerous dog fatalities around the world, dogs are taken and destroyed which I obviously would agree with in these instances. But what we need to be doing is 
researching these dogs, holding these dogs, assessing these dogs to gather data and information and scientifically assessing the animal to get information about what does cause a dog to want to attack and maim a human being so we can work to prevent this from happening in the future. Well, isn't it a way that we have... I, I understand where you're coming from with regard to this. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. But you, you say that the bites have gotten worse since we brought in the restrictions and, and all of that. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. Let's just look, look at the XL bully and versus the Jack Russell. Um, if I've read one media report about an XL bully turning on someone in the last year, I've read a dozen. It's, I've never read a report of a Jack Russell doing harm to a child. Never. So the reports, so okay, if you research this stuff, if you go online and you look for the information that we can find on this, it will be there. So the vast majority of dog bites occur from a dog we know and a dog in the home. As a result, a lot of dog bites aren't actually reported. And a lot of dog bites that result in hospital treatment aren't actually reported. The data that we get is when the authorities are involved. So there's a lot of missing key information here that we don't hold onto. And bearing in mind, a Jack Russell Terrier is a Terrier, as is a Pitbull, as is an XL Bully. They actually all come under the same category. Mm. So they're so they're, they're quite similar in, in many respects. Okay. I'm, I'm going but, with your expertise here, but I'm, I'm also going to challenge it a little bit along the way, as I'm, as I'm sure good. my listeners would, would expect me to, to, to do. And we're all, many of us, of I'm a dog lover myself. I, I, I don't think a house is complete without a dog. Um, but, but, yeah. but, but when when someone comes to you, right, Catherine, and says, I'm thinking of getting a dog for the kids, or I'm thinking of getting a dog for ourselves because I'd love a dog. I used to have a dog growing up. I wanted to, I'd love to have a dog now. Surely there are certain breeds that you'd say, well, I wouldn't recommend having them around children. Surely. I usually would recommend <laughs> absolutely the fact that no dog is good around kids and no child is good around a dog. It doesn't matter what type of dog you have. It is the temperament and the the individual dog, not the breed. 
Here, I will argue with you. Okay. I will argue okay, with you. But when we the case of the humble Cavalier King, the Cavalier King Charles, I would have, I would humbly argue that the Cavalier King Charles is a dog almost designed for children, whereas okay. others would not be. So I, I've worked with Cavalier King Charles, for example, that would express what we call stereotypic behaviours, which are very maladaptive, repetitive behaviours that can be really detrimental to their welfare. So in light of that, maybe I wouldn't recommend a cavalier in that instance with the problems that they, the congenital heart defects and problems that that they have. They would prefer a quieter home environment. So even a dog like a collie, for example, if we're getting it from a rescue or if it's an ex-working collie, we might see a lot of herding behaviours. They need more attention than maybe something like a cavalier would. So would it be fair on that dog? When it comes to safety, it is down to the individual dog and not the breed. When we're talking about behavior, the effects on this are multifaceted. There's no one reason why a dog may be more aggressive than another dog. It is so multilayer. We're even talking about epigenetics and their influences on dogs' behavior at the moment. But unfortunately, I'm talking about... What's, What's epigenetics? So this is essentially the effects um, of genetical genetic change based on our experiences and how this can actually be passed down to offspring, has been, essentially. Um, a completely big topic for another day entirely. But essentially, when we're having these conversations about breed, this is why, because Ireland is a nation of dog lovers, one in four homes has a dog, and everybody is an expert on dogs. Every, it's a bit like when you have a child and then everybody tells you what you should and shouldn't be doing, what the facts are and aren't. But there are professionals who understand research and dedicate their lives to their knowledge about these dogs. And this is where we should be seeking our information from, not from Mick down the road because he's had dogs all his life or knows somebody who got bit by a bully. We should be looking at the hard-lined facts that we have out there when we're looking at everything from the genetics to the biology, the ethology and the neurology of dogs. Mm. When we're discussing something as serious as aggression, it does not do its service to just have thought and assumption. We need to be looking at facts in order to prevent devastating attacks from happening on people in the future. Let's pin that question down a little bit. In your experience, vast so it is, you, you don't believe, I think I'm hearing you say, correct me if I'm wrong, you don't believe that certain breeds are more prone to aggression than others. It's not that I don't believe. It's a, it's a fact. We have nothing to state that certain breeds are more aggressive. So, no, I, I do not believe that certain breeds are more aggressive than others because it, it is my job to work from a scientific evidence-based perspective and there is no scientific evidence out there to support that theory. Okay. Should sales of dogs be more regulated, though? Absolutely, absolutely. And this is where it all comes down to breeding. Ireland is terrible for our illicit breeding, puppy farms, backyard breeders. Mm-hmm. There is some level of legislation, but it's not enforced and it's simply not good enough. And this is where the primary problems arise for all behaviours and welfare epidemics in Ireland. It all boils down to breeding. Dog licence is what, 20, 30 quid? Should it be more expensive? Should it be, should it be more expensive to own a dog? Should you have to prove your ability, prove your skills yes. owning a dog? Yeah, and this is, as I said, when you think about a car, which is essentially a dangerous vehicle, and because it's potentially dangerous, we have to sit through theory examinations, we have to do a series of lessons, and then we have to sit our final test and examination in order to acquire a license. And something similar should be mandatory for dogs as well. I don't think adding monetary value is necessarily what we need to do, because we also don't want to exclude certain people and certain demographics from owning dogs. We just need to educate people about dogs, because 
there is so many wildly inaccurate pieces of information and assumption about what dog ownership is. And if we can educate people, starting off in schools even, and educating people about dog safety and dog awareness, they have some wonderful schemes in Germany and in Sweden that support this. And we should be looking to countries that have minimal bites and seeing what they're doing, countries like Sweden, rather than looking at countries with huge amounts of bites like the UK and copying what they're doing. We should be following suit for the countries where they have this stuff under control. Mm-hmm. So you would not be like the, 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 the list of 10, is it 10? The list of 10 that we already have. Would you would you want to do away with that list? Well, the list doesn't make sense. Um, I have a restricted breed myself, um, who is an absolute big pudding. um, And I have worked with all of those dogs on that list. And I don't see excessively any any difference between those guys and other dogs. Dogs have different needs that need to be met. So, Mm -hmm. of course, if we also have a very large, powerful breed, of course, there's potential for more damage to be inflicted if a bite were to occur. But that's because of their size. It's not because of their behavior. It's nothing to do with them being more likely to aggress. It just means if they do, that it's going to cause more damage. And that's essentially where that breed list comes from. It's to do with the power of the dog, not Mm. the actual behavior or genetic behavioral traits of the animal. It's to do with their power and strength. Yeah. Like you mentioned, one one breed that's on it is the American Pitbull Terrier. You you wouldn't Mm. spend 40 seconds on YouTube to find some horrific videos of those dogs fighting, trained to fight. Yeah, absolutely, because dog fighting is unfortunately a thing. But it's in, is it, it is fight, in their genetics to fight, isn't it? No, no, it's not in their genetics to fight. It's, their, it's in their genetics to be particularly sensitive when it comes to arousal and increased stress level and stress responses in the same way that it is for a border collie or for a springer spaniel. But we're packing these behavioral traits into very powerful animals. We're bringing them up to fear other dogs, to find other dogs aversive and forcing them to defend their lives, essentially, is what happens in these situations, um, which is absolutely ghastly. And I think any pit bull owners listening will agree with me in knowing that pit bulls are one of the sweetest, lovingest, dopiest um, types of dogs out there. But human beings, we like shock and awe. That's why we have things like opinion line, because we like heated conversation. We like debate and we liked things that kind of shockers so we're drawn to this but we're drawn to this stuff and we're drawn to media imagery of the big snarling pit bull with the big teeth because it elicits an emotional response and that sometimes kind of washes over the actual facts and and the real story of what is happening with these dogs and the fact that we like to pinpoint blame this is nothing to do with the dog it is to do with us humans and our responsibility when it comes to bringing dogs into this world and raising them right so so let's with one last question then turn that extremely good logic of yours because you make a fantastically logical argument my compliments on upon it thank you but (laughs) if it's a if it's a thing that we are bad at having dogs, then mm-hmm. we shouldn't own dogs that, that some dogs are easier to manage and easier to mind and easier to have. That, that depends on, well, that depends on what you think is easier to have. So, for example, I actually, sorry to my clients with Springer Spaniels, I would find a Springer Spaniel incredibly challenging to have because that wouldn't work with my life. 
with my needs, yeah. with my own yeah, exercise yeah. routines. That's, 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 I couldn't meet that dog's needs. So I would be way better at owning something like a pit bull who wouldn't need quite the same level of physical attention, who would have a lifestyle similar to mine in terms of when I'm when I'm moderately active. So it's nothing to do, again, with the breed. It's to do with the human and making logical, well-researched and well-informed decisions about bringing a dog into your life, starting with where you get that dog from and not lining the pockets of backyard breeders and puppy farmers. Okay, I'll leave it there. I've enjoyed this conversation, Catherine. Thank Me you too, very PJ. much. Thank you. Thank you. Catherine Griffin of Snout. Isn't that a wonderful name? Snout and About. She's a dog behaviourist. Make of it what you will. Some people would agree with us. Some people would not. Some people... I, I know people have called me here over the years who are owners of XL bullies and owners of pit bulls and owners of German shepherds, owners of this, that and other, mostly other, and they would agree 100% with her. Others just wouldn't take the chance. Corks 96 FM Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes, while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide.